The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Everybody ready? Ready? Yeah. And action. Welcome to the revolution. Why are you guys so awesome? Outdoor radio at its finest. Should you get hooked on phonics? Yes. yes. <laughs> of course you should. I'm going to need you to lower your expectations a little bit. It's true. <laughs> the movement gets stronger day by day. Prepare to be morally outraged. Ladies and gentlemen, the revolution with Jim and Trav is back on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel. Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's do this thing. The time has come to once again answer life's most savory question. Whose cuisine will reign supreme? Oh no, my nutria is al dente. Anybody see my porcupine? Ow! Will it be redneck master griller Trav? Somebody, face the camel! Or smoking legend Jimbo? I cook my hot dogs medium rare. This is man versus grill. You are what you eat, and wild game eats their natural food. There's one more ingredient to this battle, our secret ingredient. The theme on which our chefs will offer their succulent variations. What happened to the fire? This is delicious possum. Today's secret ingredient is wild game. So now, America... With an open heart and an empty stomach, I say unto you in the words of Fred Bear, I like cuisine! Or, let's grill some <laughs> Today, we salute you, Wild Game Meat. Wild Game Meat! <laughs> okay, so maybe in the words of Bunny, we should just grill some <laughs> By the way, Bunny is going to be returning next week. She's no, on, she's uh, not. She's been gone a long time. Uh, maternity leave. <laughs> Her and Cat Daddy, they had a couple of catfish puppies. Uh, something like that. And you know what they say when they're trying to put them in bed? What's that? Hush puppies. <laughs> All right, so we're talking the sustainable outdoors man uh, on today's show. This is going to be a fantastic, very insightful show and full of the meat sweats. Meat sweats? Yeah, meat sweats. We're going to have Scott Layseth on for a triple header. He is the sporting chef at Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, he is the executive producer and narrator of, that's the fishmonger, It's uh, on Outdoor Channel. <laughs> I, I, hold it. The fishmonger. The fishmonger. Yeah. On the show. So cool. Talking about uh, sustainability, fish farmers. Really interesting show. You guys got to watch it. That's Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Then uh, who else is going to join us? Hey, we got Brian Tucker. He's the national sales manager for High Mountain Seasoning, and they've got a big contest going on. Yeah, they're celebrating 30 years. Going to have a huge giveaway. Uh, Listen in, and you find out how you could possibly win. And it's not just one winner. There's like 30 winners. Maybe 60. I don't know. I'll just say 30,000 people are going to win. The Grand Hooba gets Hans. Brian's just going to give you a kiss. That's pretty cool. Uh, then we're going to wrap things up with Cat Daddy. That's a good way to end things. <laughs> you know, it's going to end our radio show. Uh, but no, this is going to be such a fun show. And let's get to Scott Lacey. The Sporting Show. The Sustainable Outdoorsman is on this week's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Why don't you just do it? Now kicking off a three-parter with Scott Lasaf, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Monday 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by 
Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Sorry, I thought we had more time. I was trying to finish my venison jerky. Uh, <laughs> just now joining us is uh, Scott Layseth. He is the sporting chef, again, that is Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And he is the executive producer slash narrator, uh, The Fishmonger. All new series. Absolutely love it. That's Outdoor Channel. alongside 7.30. Alongside uh, Tommy Gomes. Yeah, Outdoor Channel Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Kind of want to get into this with you, uh, Mr. Scott, especially with the all new show, The Fishmonger. In my personal opinion, it kind of seems like Americans have become food snobs because whether it's like the New York foodies or the Minneapolis hipsters, the Seattle slackers and everyone in between, <laughs> it seems like we've become so pretentious, you know, so picky. We only want the- I only eat porterhouse. Yeah, the prime cuts of meat, the prime cuts of fish, this and that. And Is there it, a prime cut in fish? I think so. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they call it the barrel. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but all seriousness, though- it seems like the underutilization and the waste of our food is through the roof, man. All we want is backstrap. We want tenderloin. And there's so much we are just basically throwing away. And really don't even know how to fix it. Do you agree that Americans have become food snobs, man? Well, I think you're absolutely dead on with the underutilization of whether it's a wild turkey or a salmon that we drag home. You know, we take the choice parts and then throw the rest, which kills me and the snobbery also i don't think people quite understand on a lot of the fish that they're getting that 90 percent of the fish that we eat in the u.s comes from somewhere outside the u.s and about 40 percent of that we catch it we ship it over to china and they ship it back to us really so but really the whole thing is you know it's just like the guys that will shoot a wild turkey and then remove the breast and throw the rest away to me, that's a waste, and we do the same thing with fish. Well, you know, the thing is, when you, when you watch a lot of these shows on, we'll say, Travel Channel or whatever, and they've got these guys out on the uh, on the boats that have lived their life on the boats, kind of like Tommy, uh, the fact of the matter is, they do eat the fillets, but then they actually make a soup out of the, the bones and so forth. There's a whole lot more to be had there, isn't there? Yeah, you don't. they don't waste anything, and shooting with fishmonger... We've got one guy that made, well, one of the shows that's coming up is about Mon Chong. Now, I know you've heard of Mon Chong, right? Oh, definitely. Had it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just really, you know, in, in Hawaii, it's a big deal. They know all about it. But over here, people don't know what Mon Chong is. We had a guy make a dish using Mon Chong collars, and he made the sauce <laughs> Out of Manchong eyeballs. Whoa! It was really, really, really good. Uh, Uh, this eyeball sauce. He took the eyeballs and simmered them in some kind of liquid and then made a sauce out of it. And you just couldn't believe how good it was. Now, how big are the eyeballs? They're about half the size of a golf ball. Oh, so they're pretty decent size. size. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, they don't mess around. And, but what's cool about it also is, the fish is delicious. You know, and one of the things that we've done even on the Dead Beat show is we've targeted fish that people don't think taste good, and turns out they really do taste good. Yeah. Now, isn't this the time of the year, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this is the sea urchin time of the year, right? You know, and sea urchins are one of those. Are you a, Do you like eating 
uni? Are you an uni person? Jimbo doesn't Have you even eaten uni. No, I'm, I'm going to answer that for him. I don't think he has, and I don't think either of us know what uni I, you is. Know, I honestly, God, I watch these guys <laughs> eat it, and I would love to eat a sea urchin. I'm just There's amazed. Growing here in Kansas, Scott knows all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, for all we know, you could just be making it up. You know, <laughs> they're sea urchin gonads, which I know sounds really delicious. Thank you, but there are, and it's a real foodie thing. I mean, all the all the foodie types that I'm really not one of, they just swoon over uni. <laughs> it's very soft. It has a bit of an aroma to it. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to describe it. I don't know exactly when the season is because I don't like uni. I'm <laughs> supposed to like it. I'm going to keep trying it, but um, it's a textural aromatic thing for me. It probably tastes a lot like swamp crotch smells. Um, <laughs> now, so the fishmonger, I had heard this, and maybe it's not true, Mr. Scott. I want to talk we, about sea urchins. Jim, Jimbo wants to go on to sea urchins and uni. Um, <laughs> but one thing I had heard, kind of clear this up for me. Um, so you have the fishmonger, right? It was told yeah. to me that possibly in future seasons, you're thinking about incorporating ranchers, farmers, and how they are contributing to the food industry and local markets as well. Is that just a myth or is that in future plans? No, we're, we're planning on that. We wouldn't be able to start shooting that until 22. Yeah. But there's a story there, too, with what the ranchers and farmers are up against these days and what it takes to get food to the buying public, to the consumer. You know, we, we want to keep it in-house, right? Yeah. We want to support these guys that are supporting us. And much like the commercial fishermen that are, you know, it's a tough job. I mean, when, you, when you're on fish, you're fishing. I don't care. It's not like, it's not like well, this is my break time. Mm -hmm. You don't go on a break. You're working. You know, and you've got... You know, most of the kids that I run into in America don't know how to start a lawnmower. And you've got kids working on ranches and farms and commercial fishing boats that are doing it all. And I think we could learn a little bit from that. Yeah. Now, didn't they just recently uh, say that you don't have to give the country of origin for red meat? I'm talking about, you know, beef and pork and so forth. But I noticed the other day a lot I was, of I was in, a, China. in a seafood store. And uh, they had it labeled, uh, salmon labeled as farm-raised or wild-caught. And uh, oh, wow. they, yeah. it's really kind of interesting now that they're labeling these things. And yet where it really impacts the, the farmers is when they don't label the country of origin with the uh, beef. And if you look at it, the same thing. A lot, of our, a lot of our meat is being imported also. Um, and that country of origin thing is really important, especially with fish. And the country of origin can be a little deceiving, too, because the country of or origin can be the country of the boat was caught on and not necessarily the country that it came from. It can be very confusing. Mm -hmm. But if it says USA, then <laughs> that's what you want to look for. You'll If you look on... I see ads that show up on my social media stream that are saying wild caught this and wild caught that. Well, yeah, but it was wild caught in Tahiti, <laughs> which is not the salmon I'm looking for. It might have been wild caught. So that can be a little confusing. So <laughs> don't just go by wild caught because if, if you see that tuna that's really, really light pink in color, it's usually Tahiti and there's smoke coloring added. Mm. Ooh. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Sure. 
Okay. Hey, we're talking with Scott Layseth, and he is the sporting chef. It's on Sportsman Channel Sunday nights, actually Sunday afternoons at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Exactly. And he is also the executive producer and narrator. He's a part of The Fishmonger. That's Outdoor Channel. Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time alongside Mr. Tommy Gomes. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fish Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Scott, everything, the sporting chef, the fishmonger, dead meat, Tommy Gomes. Where can we find you online? You know, you can find out all about the shows at uh, OutdoorChannel.com and SportsmanChannel.com. SportingChef.com is my website if you want to find out what to do with it once you bring it home. You bet. Hey, more Scott Layseth right after this. Captain Flavorful Scott Layseth, the Sporting Chef, will return after the break with Jim and Trev to make your tongue slap you silly with delicious wild game recipes. <laughs> And for more exquisite wild game dishes, visit JimandTrav.com. My Outdoor TV is now available on all your favorite devices. With the best hunting, fishing, and shooting shows ever made, it's the ultimate streaming service for real-life outdoor adventures. My Outdoor TV is packed with over 10,000 exclusive episodes, powered by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. The leaders in outdoor entertainment. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Start your free trial today. My Outdoor TV, now everywhere. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and the Sustainable Outdoorsman. Now back to Scott Lasaf, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Monday 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking sustainable outdoorsmen on this week's show. Of course, we're talking with Scott Layseth. He is the sporting chef. That's right. Make sure you watch the Sporting Chef Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and also the Fishmonger. That is Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, Mr. Scott, when it comes to being a sustainable outdoorsman, I think in part it becomes uh, having an education of the animal, the fish you are pursuing, uh, the different cuts of meats, and how to properly use them and when it comes to waste okay let's say breaking down a deer breaking down a turkey do you think a lot of that stuff does get wasted because for one people don't know how to use those cuts of meat they don't think they are that edible um and uh, they just really need a crash course in anatomy would you say that's true absolutely true and it's and we've touched on it on the show before on only using the prime parts, you know, people that'll, for instance, they'll drop their deer off at the processor and say, give me the loins and the tenderloins and then grind everything else up. And who knows where the rest of that goes? You know, if you take a deer, for instance, if you've tried cooking some of the tougher cuts of deer and making them into steaks, you're going, well, you know, we can never eat this thing. It's too tough. Instead of learning that those tougher cuts are best cooked low and slow with, with moist heat, like a braise until it breaks down and it's really, really super tender. Um, same thing with, with a wild turkey or a goose. You remove the breast and you throw the rest away, but those legs and thighs make really good stock. They make really, if you take turkey legs and you braise them in several hours, you'll be able to pull all that meat off the turkey, off the turkey legs and thighs. 
You could throw the bones back into a roasting pan and make stock out of it. And you're using the whole animal. Nothing kills me more than somebody throwing away most of the parts of their wild turkey and then using a can of chicken broth or a bouillon cube for their sauce instead of making a really rich sauce out of the body of a turkey. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting part about it, you know, when I was raised uh, in northern Michigan, uh, we had hunting camps. And, of course, everybody uh, came, uncles, aunts, cousins, whatever it may be, to that camp. And when you harvested a deer, I mean, you took the heart, the liver, you know, all of those uh, organs. Now, I was up in Canada hunting whitetail, and my guide, we were talking about, you know, what are we going to do with the meat once we get an animal down? And I said, now, do you guys save the heart and the liver? He says, we don't eat guts. It's not guts. It's heart and liver. You know, uh-huh. that's some pretty tasty stuff. Matter of fact, even a tongue makes great sandwiches. Yeah, actually, on the Dead Meat Show a few seasons back, we made deer tongue tacos oh. with uh, with some deer in Sitka, and they were delicious. However, as a word of caution, um, on the Dead Meat Show, we shot up a large bear in Minnesota, and I ate the bear liver, which was really, really not good. Um wet, meaty, sponge, gritty-tasting <laughs> thing. And um, and then I go into a Minnesota DNR site, and it says, whatever you do, don't eat the bear liver because it's toxic. Very. Really? <laughs> Especially in a spring bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I guess I should have gone to the website first. But, um, <laughs> you know, heart, liver. I'm You know, and I'm not a big organ guy. I mean, I, I don't waste them. I cook them. But if, if my first choice is not going to be a heart or a liver, but that's uh-huh. just a personal preference. I yeah. still cook them, and we all still eat them. Now, you know, we're talking to Ivan Carter, and I mean, such an amazing man, a great conservationist. And he was talking about if wildlife doesn't have a price on their head, that is when they're truly in danger. As long as they're valuable, people are going to care about them, you know, when it comes to trophy aspects. When it comes to eating, though, let's say sustainable hunting, everybody in the entire world, Mr. Scott, has to eat. You, You get up in the morning, you have to have breakfast, you have lunch, you have dinner, you have children, they have hungry stomachs. You need to fill them. Do you think concert- I have a sandwich every once in a while? Jimbo's hungry right now, Mister Scott. He <laughs> wants some of that uni. Um, do you do you think that if more people hunted for subsistence, that conservation would grow even larger? That wildlife would be more abundant if more people were out there actually hunting to put meat in the freezer instead of putting a focus of a rack or something on the wall do you think conservation and also recruitment would grow or is that just kind of like a fantasy i have well no 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 i think the more educated people are and the more people find out where their food comes from i think the more they're going to appreciate it not to mention the dollars that are going to be spent um buying licenses and permits and all of those things that go back into the ecosystem it makes complete sense. And there are people coming out of the city right now, and they have, this has been a trend for the last 10 or 20 years to go shoot their first deer and find out where their food comes from. We're going to appreciate our food more if we don't buy it in a shrink wrap package at the grocery store. I think the more people realize what's going on out there, the more people realize, for instance, 
in areas where there are so many feral pigs that it's a problem, let's eat these things, I think the more we're going to appreciate it. I mean, everybody needs to go out and kill a pig tonight, and we'll still have twice as many three weeks from now. <laughs> so anyway, so that's I, I completely agree. I think knowing what's going on out there, as you know, there are people that you'll turn on a hunting show and they go, oh, my God, I can't watch that. Okay, well, don't watch it. It's not for you. <laughs> but for a lot of people, going out there and, and just and listening to the woods wake up and actually finding your first deer and shooting it, to me, that's a magical experience that can't be duplicated by watching a TV show. You bet. Hey, uh, we got to take another break. I'm sorry. Can you stick around again, third part? All right. Hey, we're talking with Scott Laseth, and uh, he is the sporting chef on Sportsman Channel Sundays at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. And the executive producer and narrator, uh, the fishmonger that is Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, alongside Mr. Tommy Gomes. But this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. You can probably get the sporting chef and also dead meat on My Outdoor TV. Can you, Mr. Scott? Yes, you can. All right. Well, where can we find you online, buddy? Sportingchef.com is where all the recipes are. And, of course, go to Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel. Find out the schedules for when all these shows are airing. You bet. Hey, more Scott Lisa right after this. Frank, cue the music. I don't want to steal your red stack. I don't want to shoot your cave, Buffalo. I just want to serve you some kangaroo and possibly some hippo, too. The third and final installment with Scott Lasaf, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Monday 7.30 p.m. Eastern, will take place after this brief word from our sponsors. But in the meantime, visit JimandTrav.com for exclusive content and highlights from the show. Four social media superstars all in it to win it. I want the biggest buck. I need to win this. America's favorite all-woman outdoor competition is back. Pretty nervous, so... In an all-new season. Y'all are here to prove that you're not trying to do this to get a bunch of likes, that you genuinely love hunting and fishing. So let the outdoor games begin. Ready. <laughs> I'm coming to get that breakfast sauce. For Lover Likes, season premiere Tuesday, March 30th at 11 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Sustainable Outdoorsman is on today's Revolution with Jim and Trav. What is going on? Now, here's the final installment with Mr. Scott Lasaf, host of The Sporting Chef on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 1 p.m. Eastern, and executive producer of The Fishmonger on Outdoor Channel, Monday 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part three. We're back on the other side. We're talking sustainable outdoorsmen on this week's show. And before the break, we actually had two parts with uh, Scott Lashith. If you didn't get it, you got to go to our website, jimandtravel.com. You'll be able to pick it up and listen to it 24-7 if you like. But uh, we have got Scott Lashith on the line, and he's talking about sustainable outdoorsmen. 
and what you need to do to get involved in this whole movement. Now, in like a month or so, you're headed to Puerto Rico. I think you said you're going to go shoot iguanas. Like you could do that yeah. in Florida. Send send me one. Have you found, I mean, you have traveled all over the world, Mr. Scott. You have tasted different cuisines, visited with people, done a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing. Have you found that other cultures have a better connection, a more locally sourced protein, you know, stuff like that. Is everybody like America in this convenience factor or not so much when it comes to food? Well, for instance, you know, in Puerto Rico, I'm trying to find somebody in Puerto Rico that's going to cook the iguanas for us because, you know, I'm, I'm a chef, but on the dead meat show, we want people to show us how they do it. They don't eat them there. Really? Even though they're, they're overrun with iguanas. Unlike Central America and South America, they think of them as rats because there are so many of them. They're invasive. They came over on a ship somewhere and then multiplied as iguanas do. You know, in Florida, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that eats iguanas on a regular basis, but we we ate them there. Um, so it just kind of depends. Um, you know, what the koipu, the um, nutria, uh, the Nut- nutria. Nutria, yeah that we have here that nobody wants to eat. You know, in South America, they eat them all the time, but we don't eat something that looks like a big 20-pound wet rat, <laughs> which, is, which is which is weird. You'd think we'd want to eat a lot of those. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I found out you know, when I went to Africa, uh, you know, we always, like in the honey camp I was talking about in Michigan, we always ate part of the deer while you were in camp. Well, while I'm in Africa and I shoot a Cape buffalo, First thing I want to do is I want to get part of that backstrap and I want to try some of that. You know what? They really frowned on that. I mean, I, I really had to insist that they do it. Now, I realized they were giving the, the meat to the, the local villagers. But at the same time, I mean, they could have cut me a big fillet out of that, I think. But nevertheless, finally, after I insisted that they do it, and you know what? Tasted like beef. <laughs> <laughs> what I found in, in South Africa was... Well, Every piece of meat that I had there, they soaked in olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper for 24 hours, <laughs> threw it on that hot, smoky, real wood grill, and cooked it rare to medium rare, and it was all exceptionally good. Yeah. Now, question for you, Mr. Scott, and this is something that always comes up. Okay. You you have these hunters, and they say, oh, anybody that says that you know they're out there hunting just for the meat or they're hunting to save money, that's fooey patooey. You could never actually hunt and have it cost-effective. When I'm sitting here, I, I did real quick math where you guys were talking. Just for two proteins a day for my four kids and my wife and I runs us about $15,000 a year. I'm talking just the hamburger, occasional steak, something like that. 15 grand, okay? I can go out and purchase a resident, you know, hunting license and tag, maybe spend 45, 50 bucks, I think. Okay. And under that, you know, another $20, I can add a doe tag. I think another $10, then you can get a second doe tag. So, you know, I'm going to be well under a hundred bucks. I can have three tags. Um, You know, let's say if I shoot a big deer, I can bring home a couple hundred pounds of meat. So would you say it's fooey patooey, those people that say it is not cost effective to hunt for your protein or is it? Well, it depends on whether you're paying ten or fifteen thousand dollars for an elk hunt. Oh, yeah. Or going out and shooting that deer, obviously. And so 
You know, and, and I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm a meat hunter. And so you can absolutely save money and feed your family better through hunting, whether you're shooting deer or waterfowl or whatever, um, if you have access to the land where you can do that, and that doesn't cost you anything. So that, you know, that's the biggest challenge right now is finding public accessible land for a lot of people where they can go shoot a deer. It just takes a little bit more work. But if you have that and you've got a box of bullets, absolutely you can feed your family cheaper and better than buying it at the grocery store. Yeah. Now, you're a big waterfowler, uh, and you've probably shot a lot of sandhill cranes. I understand that's the filet mignon of the sky. Is that true? It is true. And it's, you know, I see a lot more social media posts with sandhill cranes now. Um, That's the first thing we hear flying over kind of late August, early September. We can't shoot them in California, but I have shot them elsewhere and they are absolutely delicious and it you know they call it roast beef in the sky and ribeye in the sky and whatever else it is which is all really good what it it just doesn't taste like a duck because mm. well it isn't a duck but it tastes <laughs> really really good say, it's not he's confusing me here <laughs> uh, doesn't he, taste like a pig either <laughs> he says he's not a trophy hunter but he is going after iguana i gotta call you on that one <laughs> I, they have Boone and Crockett iguana down there in Puerto Rico. Those things get big down there. They are big. It's not like the little ones you see running around in Florida. These are big, big iguanas. And I talked to some guys. They went out and they shot 65 or 70 of them in one day. And they're, you know, 20 pound small dog size iguanas that are up in the trees. I, I can't wait. And they shoot them with air rifles. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, so that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see you come home with an iguana scarf. I think yeah. that would look amazing. <laughs> or Iguana boots. <laughs> All right, Mr. Scott Layseth, he is the sporting chef. You have to watch him, Sportsman Channel, Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern time, uh, and also the executive producer and narrator. He's a part of The Fishmonger. That's Outdoor Channel, Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, alongside Mr. Tommy Gomes. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fish Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Scott, everything, the sporting chef, the fishmonger, dead meat, Tommy Gomes. Where can we find you online? Sportingchef.com is the website. We've got all the standard social media channels for all of those shows. And, of course, if you go to the Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel websites, it will tell you which shows are airing when. And it is always fun to talk to you guys. You bet. Hey, uh, coming up next is Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasoning. Exactly. All right, Mr. Scott, dude, we love you so much. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Take the revolution wherever you go. We like road trips and trucks and guns and beer. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, yeah. Hit up all things revolution at JimandTrav.com. Plus means more. Introducing OutdoorChannelPlus.com, the most comprehensive outdoor website ever created. Recent, relevant, and authentic with new product reviews, expert tips, videos, and podcasts from America's most trusted sources like Game & Fish, Guns & Ammo, North American Whitetail, and many more. Experience the new OutdoorChannelPlus.com. Never stop searching. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. 
Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav, talking the sustainable outdoorsman this week. Now, here's Mr. Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings, brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking sustainable outdoorsmen as we show before the break. We had Scott Lysathon for a three-part interview. This guy is really interesting. He is the sporting chef on Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can also catch him and Tommy Gomes, the fishmonger that is Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. But right now being joined by the Sultan of Seasonings. That is Mr. Brian Tucker. He is the National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Mr. Brian, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Not much. Much, guys, the Sultan of Seasoning. You guys are giving me too much credit on that one. I just like to toss and go. We'll see how it turns out. So. Now, I got to ask you a question. Is this true? I had read somewhere that in 2015 alone, High Mountain Seasonings shipped enough seasoning and jerky kits to season more than 50 million pounds of meat. Is that true? That is true, and that has increased each year since then. So, If you were to put that in perspective, let's say the average wild turkey weighs 20 pounds, that would be 2,500,000 wild turkeys. <laughs> That's crazy. Right, right. yeah. It's, if you actually break it down, those numbers, that is insane to think what we push out from our facility here in middle of nowhere, Riverton, Wyoming. What percentage of your jerky kits, your seasonings, your brines gets used on wild game? Do you think it's like a 50-50 from just like domesticated beef or something like that? Or do you think it's primarily on wild game? I was going to say the primarily is probably going to be on the wild game. It's going to be, I'm going to say 75% probably. I mean, people wow. are expanding into the domestic more so, which obviously it's seasoning. You can use it on domestic meat or you can use it on vegetables, whatever you want. But it's, you know, we're we're such hunting-based that I think a lot of it is based on sales numbers and everything too, seeing what time of year things really pick up. But yeah, it's primarily on the wild game, you know, after an animal has been harvested. But, you know, there is a big following for uh, you know, whether you bought it at the store or you've raised it yourself. Now, let's kind of get into, we're getting into that spring turkey hunting. And up there in Wyoming, what you guys have both the Miriams and the Rio Grande and then a hybrid of the two species, correct? Yep, that is correct. Like you said, you, and you definitely see more of the, you know, the Miriams for sure. We actually saw several flocks, you know, last weekend floating the river fishing a little bit and they were starting to pop out in big numbers. Now, do you prefer... When you're going to make jerky, okay, let's say we pick up your wild turkey bourbon blend jerky kit, okay, we just harvest start ourselves this big old tom. Do you like grinding it or keeping it whole for jerky? What what do you prefer? So my preference is going to be sliced. And that's is it? just because a lot of times a wild animal, especially like a bird, there's not much fat in there. So it's harder to help hold it together than it might be, say, a domesticated animal. Would you uh, would you ever throw in some maybe pork fat with it or is, is just... Yeah, yeah. And, there's def- and in our instructions, there's you know, you can add, you know, 20 to 30% ground pork. And we stress on the pork part, not just the fat because you get too much fat, it becomes greasy. You can have a mess in your cooker and then also it can lose seasoning and cure. So that's one option to do it that way. But if for some reason you don't have any on hand or don't want to run to the store, I definitely recommend the sliced method for sure for birds. Now, do you think, um, because, you know, for those people that have never eaten wild turkey, all they've ever had is like butterball, you're going to think this is not turkey. 
It tastes right. completely different. I love the flavor. It's not like you're eating duck or something, you know, that very robust, strong flavor. You know, do you think turkeys need to be brined? I know if you're going to smoke it or something, but just to cook it up, would you brine a turkey or not? On a wild one, I probably would. Would you? Um, it's going to add a little bit of moisture to it just because of the fact of, again, being a wild bird, not having quite the fat content to it. I would just personally. Um, they said in the oven, roasting it or the smoker or deep frying it. Uh, that brine is a little tricky, though, because it replaces the blood with that brine mixture. And when you cook it or smoke it, the meat comes out like a pinkish color. Does and it? So people think, oh, it's not cooked, but it really is. That's just the brine, you know. If it's pink and you haven't brined it, then you're going to be undercooked. So, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you're not going to feel good. <laughs> yeah, now we're we're right. down. Yeah, we're down in Texas, and we've harvested a couple of hogs, and we've saved the belly meat, uh, and we want to make bacon. What do you have that we can use to make bacon? Oh yes, yeah. so we've got you know three kits: either the old-fashioned style buckboard bacon, original bacon, or black pepper brown sugar bacon. Um, any one of those kits is going to be great for pork belly, pork butt, make your own bacon at home. The hardest part of the process is waiting, the, you know, seven to ten days for them to cure before you can put them in a the smoker. Now, the problem is when you harvest a feral hog, wild hog, you know, those crazy pigs, whatever you want to call them, they don't have the fat supply as like you know. You know, feeder right. hogs. Regular pork. Correct. And so your bacon isn't going to be exactly the same, is it? No, it is not. I mean, that's where people have to kind of think outside the box a little bit because when most people think bacon, they think the store-bought bacon. Yeah. Lots of fat, consistency all the way through. I mean, even if you're doing your own pig from home, it's not going to be the same, let alone a wild pig who's going to be more meat than fat. So it's going to be leaner. And when you go to cook it after it's been smoked, you may add a little bit of like cooking oil or something like that to the pan just so it does not stick kind of when you make bacon from like a duck or goose breast, the same kind of thing, because it's definitely a different texture, different taste, but it's not bad by any means. They all have their own unique flavor to them. Now, can you make like turkey bacon? You absolutely can. You can take a breast or if you have a big enough chunk of thigh meat, follow our instructions like you would if you're making pork belly or a pork butt, same exact thing. Yeah. Now, if you're going to sit there and you're going to make jerky, okay, and you're going to have steaks, and you guys have so many different kids at High Mountain Seasonings uh, for any type of wild game, it really doesn't matter. But up there where you are, if you had your druthers of harvesting for the meat, an antelope, a mule deer, or a whitetail, what do you prefer? For jerky and stuff, I'm probably going to go antelope. Really? Now, why is that? It's, it's got its own unique flavor for sure, and if it's handled right, it is incredible. I mean, they're one of those animals that get a bad rap for the wild game taste, and that's generally the poor field prep after the shot. You know, antelope seasons are 80, 90 degrees. If you don't get the internal organs out right away, get that body cooling down, and then you ride it around the back of your truck while they chase in another animal for a friend or go show all your buddies, all those enzymes and stuff start breaking down and causing bacteria. That's where your wild game taste is coming from. It's not coming from the animal itself. It's because of how you're handling it. And then when you go to cook it, not necessarily jerky, but you like steaks or anything like that, you overcook it. You bring all that blood out and turn it into like a liver type consistency. It becomes nasty, but it's one of the best tasting animals that I can harvest for sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, not surprising me because you guys have great products, but you guys have been in business for 30 years 
That's and hard to believe. It, it, it's really hard to believe. And you've been with us for like nine or ten years. And uh, the fact of the matter is, you've got a giveaway going on right now, don't you? We do. Yep. So we, like you said, this is your 30 for us. It's a pretty big milestone. So be paying attention to a lot of our social media stuff publications, you will see a giveaway for 30 years for High Mountain Seasoning, like 30 different products uh, that's going to be starting here soon, running through April 30th. So get entered, you know, get your name out there, see if you can get selected. It's a lot of good products, and it's a pretty cool thing. You know, it's amazing. You think 30 years High Mountain Seasonings has been in business. Okay, in one year, if you shipped enough seasoning to season 50 million pounds of meat, collectively right. over 30 years, how much would that be? Like, maybe... This is like four buffalo. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, my, I can't even... <laughs> I'm trying to do math in my head and count on Jimbo's toes, and I can't. I mean, that is a lot of seasonings and jerky kids, brines. I mean, you guys sell so much stuff. And everything we have, too, is offered in bulk quantities, too, which is starting to pick up a little bit more. People are wanting to do more so at home on their own and experiment. And, you know, I've got five pounds of original seasoning. I use a half a teaspoon or half a tablespoon, how much you want, on a quarter pound burger. That's a lot of burgers in that one pound box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, if you win, Brian will come out and cook for you. Yes. And if you're really nice, Hans will come out. Yeah, he has a trained speed goat, his antelope. He rides. He raised. It was an orphan, and Brian raised it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, now, Mr. Brian, to learn more about High Mount Seasonings, to peruse everything. I hope the power doesn't go out. The lights just dimmed a little bit. Um, to peruse everything you guys have. I mean, from Brian's to jerky kits to seasonings to marinades to dips. I mean, you guys offer so many fabulous products, and also to learn about this amazing 30th anniversary giveaway. Where can we find you guys online? So uh, first, let's send you to our website of HIMTNJerky.com or definitely check us out like on our Facebook page as well. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we get old Cat Daddy. He's going to make catfish bacon. That's right. He does make catfish bacon and it is delicious. All right. This has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com and make sure you enter that 30th anniversary giveaway. Uh, It's going to be amazing. Uh, Mr. Brian, though, we love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on, dude. Appreciate you guys having me. It's always a good time. Versus Grill. Oh, delicious wild game. I can't get enough. Wild game. I can't get enough. The Revolution with Jim and Travis on the air. Captains of outdoor radio for over 16 years and expert multitaskers. Oh, brother. Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. Don't move a muscle. The boys will continue right after these important messages. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we chat the sustainable outdoorsman. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the beanhole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking sustainable outdoorsmen on this week's show. And if you're going to sustain yourself, you got to be with our next guest. That is Cat Daddy. He will take you out. The Kansas Catman. He will slap you with a whisker. Mr. Cat Daddy. Oh, by the way, Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for oh, High Mount Seasonings. Before. He was before Cat Daddy. That's right. Now, what is your favorite way to prepare uh, catfish, Mr. Cat Daddy? Well, man, you know, fried's a good old, good old way to do it, you know, and bacon in the oven's 
just just plum delicious stuff. Man, I, I, I just can't get over that catfish soup. Now, how do you really? do that? Well, you just microwave you some uh, a couple cans of uh, chicken noodle soup and mm-hmm. cut you some onions up and throw in there and a little jalapeno in there and some coarse hard black pepper and put that in the microwave for about, oh, four minutes, five minutes or so till the onions are nice and tender and everything's nice and hot in there. You pull it out and you put them filet of catfish, smaller cut up pieces of filet catfish all over the top of that bowl, man, put it back in there with the lid on. Oh, probably about eight, nine minutes, start to pop like popcorn. Man, you get it out or let it sit for a little bit, stir it up, and you're ready to grunt, boys. Yeah, I got to tell you, I was watching a program the other day, I think on the Travel Channel, and these guys caught a bunch of catfish, and they filleted them like you did, but another guy, he skinned them, you know, and and they cooked it whole. Now, the head wasn't on it, but cooked the whole thing, and they put uh, slices down the fillets, and then rubbed in some uh, probably high mountain seasoning. Yeah, probably. Oh the, yeah, that high in, mountain's top dog, boy, yeah. top dog. But then, then he actually had probably a half an inch of of uh, probably peanut oil in this big old frying pan and cooked that thing whole. Now, does it have a different flavor when you cook it whole than when you fillet, or is it just well, all, all catfish? You know, Jim, they say you know it's sweeter toward the bone. But, you know, them old boys there, you know, they're taking their time and eat. When I'm eating catfish, I don't want no obstacles, no ladders <laughs> to jump. I want to sit down and do it, Bubba. <laughs> he doesn't want to do any stretches. He just wants to eat. My no God. bones, no bones. No. Th- oh, hey, hey. Uh, oh, no, here we, we go. We were talking with Scott Laseth, and he was talking about some guy made some type of a sauce out of eyeballs. Fish eyeballs. I fish forget. eyeballs. You use uh, fish eyeballs from the catfish? You better believe <laughs> I don't <laughs> <but> no. <laughs> I like that. Just checking. <laughs> Straight to the point, Mr. Cat Daddy. You never pull any budges. <laughs> that is That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now going back now, I've fished with eyeballs before now. Shad eyes, gold eyes. Oh yeah. They got a they got a really slick juice in them, boy, when they pop. Mm. Oh, they're, they're, they're limo fishies. Love that. Yeah, now going back to the fish tails. Okay, that is really good. Okay, it's like eating a you know a chip. Um, oh do, yeah, a tater chip, call do, them cat chips. Yeah, do you like that? Yeah, they're tasty. They're tasty. <laughs> it ain't something I've uh, grown out of yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, 65, so <laughs> you know uh, the day might come. <laughs> All right, Mr. Cat yeah, Daddy, knocking on the door. If we we uh, we've been talking about eating catfish, but first we got to go out and we actually have to catch, catch them. Um, do you have anything available? And I'm going to tell you what, all these people listening right now, uh, there's a lot of ladies that are going to be want to be booking trips with you, man. This sounds like or a romantic dinner with you. Yeah, romantic fun time. Uh, Mama does In the tuna that. tub. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything available, Mr. Cat Daddy? Yeah, I sure do. They they can just holler at me anytime they like, man. We're we're wide open and ready for business. That's right. All right, and what's your website? www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Yeah, and if you're single and you like to send Cat Daddy a photograph of yourself, maybe have dinner at some point in time, send it to catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. Mr. Cat Daddy, we love you, buddy. Hey, guys, you know, there, there, there's one thing, then there's another, but then there's you fellas. <laughs> yeah. We're the other guys. <laughs> Can I borrow your internet? Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. 
It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. I found out that I'm a sustainable outdoorsman. This was a great show, though. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm I'm always intrigued by Scott Layseth. He's such an interesting guy, and we did a three-parter with him today. Yeah, and plus we had on Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mount Seas. Things. And of course, uh, Bunny's Better Half, Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy, yeah. More like Bunny's Better 916. No, 7-8s. <laughs> Maybe 7-8s. Seven 7-8s. Eights. Seven eights. All right, so Jimbo, what would you like to say? Last word. Hey, last word this week. You know, Easter is next week, and just remember the reason for the season. Turkey hunting. Yes. <laughs> All right, so get outdoors this weekend. Take some good news with you. I know that's what Jimbo meant. He was yes. talking about turkey hunting and uh, Easter egg hunting as well. And by the way, if you're Easter egg hunting, watch out for ticks. They are out this time of year. Uh, so get outdoors this weekend. Take some kiddos with you and make sure you hammer home firearm safety, boys and girls. Uh, that is something you should do every single day. We got to go, but we will return next week with another show. Another show. There you go. All right, so peace out. God bless you and the United States of America. We love you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 